Welcome to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. I am Bob Serrano. Today, it's time to travel down to the French Riviera, find Lady Fanny Eubanks of Omaha, and take her for everything she has. This week, we watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Steve Martin and Michael Caine are competitors in the Riviera's most profitable business, but with very different styles. Do you have any idea what it feels like to take a woman for 20 bucks? No, I haven't. I'm afraid it's a little out of my class. Can two con men survive in a town really made for one? Really? We find a woman, set a price, and the first man to extract the correct amount from her wins. Wish me luck. Let the contest begin. If I lose, I'll leave. If I win, you leave. To prove once and for all who is the dirtiest, the rottenest. Do you feel this? The sleaziest. The sneakiest. The phoniest. Thank you, Your Highness. The trickiest. Don't you ever have an emotion that originates above the waist? No! The all-time champion of dirty, rotten scouts. Surely he was no match for you. I'm younger than you, better looking than you, thinner than you. Know your limitations. You are immoral. Steve Martin is the man no woman can resist. Eat your food. It's too late. May I go to the bathroom first? Of course you may. Thank you. And Michael Caine is... Lawrence Jameson. Chips Auto. Doctor. Emil Schaffhausen. Society. And they're both dirty, rotten scoundrels. Do you want the whole world to Dirty, rotten scoundrels. You mustn't turn your back on them for a second. First up, it's the Aging Hipster Rewatch co-host. Um, let's call him Lord Toby of Min- Minneapolis. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great, Bob. <laughs> okay, so for everybody that on here, I do have kind of a, a homework assignment. We're going to come back to this at the end of the, of the episode. But I am going to ask each of you what your con name and persona is at the end of the episode. We're going to do a con. So it'd be something like I was kind of coming up with some uh, four instances, like one of them. For myself, was going to be I was going to be Basil Featherbottom, uh, Doctor Doctor Featherbottom, doctor. yeah, yeah, uh, Doctor uh, Nuclear Physicist uh, and Sex Therapist. Who is, is that a medical future. doctor or a PhD? Well, regardless, my heart oh. is broken. I was in a toured affair with uh, Ukrainian figure skater Oksana Bayol, mm. and she broke my heart and. Mm. Unfortunately, my bank account is suffering as well. I cannot accept charity, but I am willing to work. Oh, there's no nuclear power plants around? Well, then maybe we can get into my sex therapy. So (laughs) there we go. Something like that. I've I've been thinking about that all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Toby. How are you doing today, Toby? Doing great. Excited to be here. All right. Second up from Canada is Pat Collins. How are you doing, Pat? Not too bad, not too bad, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, having me back on again. I uh, obviously didn't burn any bridges on the last couple, so uh, again, grateful to be here. Um, the bar is low, Pat, so don't feel too good about yourself. But more importantly, you do have a podcast that is out. Would you like I to tell can. us about it? Yeah, yeah. I was teasing it the last uh, last couple times I was on here, but we finally pulled the trigger and. Uh, 
Uh, we're up to, I think at the time of this recording, four, uh, four episodes deep now. So I definitely listen to the newer ones that work your way back based on audio and comedic quality, but uh, we're called roommating habits where we examine, uh, and identify how to be a good and more importantly, how to not be a good roommate, uh, based on our own situations with myself and my, uh, uh, two former roommates, Matt and Dave, and we, um, basically carve through the annals of Reddit and Yahoo Answers, uh, sharing other people's horror stories as well of, uh, as well as our own. So it's uh, it's just a good little sit down and chuckle about all sorts of random nonsense that happened down memory lane. Now, I don't think we- you'll find this on Reddit, but I used to have a roommate who all he did was lay on the couch all the time. And uh, and then one time, this I had a friend come from out of town who hurt his ankle on the way in and laid on the couch. And uh, my roommate was super pissed at my friend <laughs> for laying on the couch. That's spoken for territory right there, brother. It's great. Oh, good it was times. A great battle like that we w- witnessed play out between these two, like a, a game of like mind effing, <laughs> you know. It's like the Sheldon uh, Big Bang Theory. I don't reference that show very often, but I do know that he has his spot carved on the couch. And when, you know, that's that's his spot. There's no touching it. Well, I know someone that probably does know the Big Bang Theory, and that is Robin Posey-Leon, co-host of My TV Family. Welcome back, Robin. I have been keeping you, I have been keeping you up to date on all the Navarro cheerleaders' doings via Messenger. Jerry is at the Oscars tonight. All of your Navarro cheerleading memes, updates. I love it all. Thank you. I think I think I have a problem because you know what Instagram where it kind of shows like, oh, here's all this interesting stuff for you. It's mm-hmm. all cheerleading stuff right now. It's like, <laughs> like uh, to know you. And, and I listened to the, the cheer podcast uh that you did, the cheer episode, and uh where you where you said I'm dead inside. And at least at first I was a little upset, but then I was just happy to be noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, you kind I of feel I pre-apologized for that. Did I not pre-apologize? You pre-apologized. For that? Yeah, that's yeah. true too. <laughs> Love <All> right. Toby. <laughs> well, dear listener, please look for Pat and Robin's podcast on everywhere you may find podcasts. All right, Pat, really quick. I want to come on your podcast. These guys know that I'm not afraid to ask to be on a podcast. So I have Horrible roommate stories coming out the wazoo, and I'm happy to share them. And one of them involved group sex. So hit a sister up. Girl, you are in. <laughs> wait, wait, we might have to do that right now. Like, yeah. Wait, um, just, in case, just in case my mom's listening, I need to go on record saying I was not involved in the group sex, but just. Right. Oh. I'm going to hold the camera. Wit- yeah. I bore witness. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I just control A deleted every my outline. <laughs> And I just, uh, yeah. And so I don't know what we're going to talk about now, but I do know what I want to talk about <laughs> is that I got shirts to sell, right, Toby? Yeah, beautiful I didn't, shirts. I didn't script this out, so we're going to have to no. ad lib. Um, we got hoodies, uh, we got onesies, got throw pillows. Uh, you know what, Pat? You could take, you could tear down that Canadian flag and put an aging hipster network uh, like flag right behind you. All this stuff can be found at tpublic.com slash user slash aging hipster network or something like that. Some person bought four hoodies. So well, they're high quality hoodies. Yeah. And mine are coming tomorrow. Um, I'm, and I'm going to keep on 
kind of updating stuff. I'm going to continue to pay people from uh, various third world countries to draw stuff for me, and I will make t-shirts out of them. And that's how I'm going to become a success. Mm-hmm. So please, uh, you can find the link on our Facebook page, uh, and or just kind of look it up, Agent Hips Network on tpublic.com. Thank you so much for the support. Or you can just Google quality clothing. All right, let's get to the movie. Dirty Rotten Scout Scoundrels. The tagline is nice guys finish last. Meet the winners. Toby, rate it. This is a great tagline in the, that it's kind of accurate for once. So, Well done. Directed by Frank Oz. This is the first movie for Frank Oz without puppets, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, written by Dave Launer. Stanley Shapiro and Paul Hedding. The top billed stars are Steve Martin, Michael Caine, and Glenn Headley. Frank Oz and Steve Martin did five movies all together. Bowfinger, which will be coming up in about three weeks. House Sitter in 1992. I don't think I remember that one. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors and The Muppet Movie. It, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was released on uh, 14th of December 1988. Opening weekend did uh, around $4 million. It was only released in the U.S. and did $42 million overall. This movie is a remake of Bedtime Story that starred David Neven and Marlon Brando. This is hot Marlon Brando. This is an apocalypse-style Marlon Brando, so he wasn't just like, (laughs) just in the shadows. I watched a little bit of clips of it, and a lot of the stuff is is similar. Uh, But I gotta say, like, Michael Caine and Steve Martin are just like, worlds of I mean, David David Devin would probably could hang with Steve Martin, but Marlon Brando, he's a beautiful man, but he's not the best comedic actor. Um, well, and there was there's been a remake uh, last year that was released oh, yeah. that uh, I didn't know about till I was researching this today. Uh, you know, this what week. Was that? I missed that completely. Yeah, so. I actually watched a good chunk of that uh, in preparation of research. Of course, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been laid out with a back injury as well, which kind of helped uh, a lot of my bad movie binging uh it's a new one with um uh, rebel wilson who plays the steve martin character and uh, anne hathaway who plays the michael kane character um i think it's uh hustlers it's called hustlers hustlers Hustlers, yes thank you um we can get into it in a little while when we talk about remakes but uh if you've seen this one you're not really missing much as it's virtually like a shot for shot remake calling back to of course my own previous trips to this uh, aging hipster podcast it is kind of like the force awakens over top of a new hope where it's kind of like very similar shot for shot kind of copies of uh, i'd say most scenes but um it was it was good i you know it was kind of like a more like nostalgia for me wanting to watch this movie again um so it's uh, it, it made nice. me more excited to rewatch it so for this movie, the writer, um, Dave Launer is the one that really kind of uh, adapted it. The other two are the original writers from the bedtime story. He basically said, uh, why fix it if it ain't broke? So he kept a lot of the stuff the same, except he kind of cut 30 minutes out of the beginning, which is all Freddy's stuff, probably just going on the train. And at the end, he made the, the decision to make the woman that they're competing for that turns out to be the jackal, the con, con artist. Um, originally, this is pretty crazy. Uh, originally, this was supposed to be a collaboration between Mick Jagger and uh, David Bowie. They were fresh off the Dancing in the Street cover, which everyone loved. <laughs> uh, and 
they wanted to do like a movie together. And so they they kind of like the writer, uh, which was David Launer, uh, was like, how about we do something like this? And he was thinking of ways for Mick Jagger just to sing in the movie and without turning it so much of in the musical. Did not go that over that well. Jagger and Bowie decided they wanted a more serious project, let go of it. And then afterwards, after they saw the movie, they're just like, oh, we were really wrong to do that. Uh, also, Eddie Murphy was uh, interested in being Freddie Benson, but for some reason, the movie th- uh, movie company, um, production company, decided to decline making that movie. John Cleese was approached the role of Jameson, but he declined, and he admitted in a 2008 interview that he regretted doing so. Um, Richard Dreyfuss also went for this, but uh, everything got screwed up, so he was supposed to be auditioning for Freddie Benson but he prepared for Jameson so Steve Martin who had originally been asked to beat Jameson read for Freddie Benson's part and Frank Oz saw it and he was just like he was really excited by Steve Martin's version of Benson and that was it Richard Dreyfuss did not get the role and it was Michael Caine that finally got it and um, everyone agreed it was probably the best person for this role so this came out in 1988. What happened in 1988? Bob and Toby. I think we were in third grade. I think I looked mm-hmm. this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, I was the year of the great uh, Richmond drought. Oh, of night of 88. Yeah. I've heard of this. This <laughs> sounds like a Simpsons episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not in Richmond. I was living in the middle of a forest reserve at the time. Um, in Pat, 1988. Where were you? Uh, in August of that year, I would have been turning two. Oh, uh, okay. welcoming my baby brother even into the world. And uh, oh, like I, I was in the family. Great, Pat still pooping in his pants. And then, how about you, Robin? Fifth, so, fifth grade. I think we established, yeah, that I'm two years older than you guys. So yeah, fifth grade, man. Just not in college, not smoking doobies. Wowie, just like nerd alert. Yeah. <laughs> like Coke bottle glasses. I think I had a bad perm and braces and just or like, amazing perm. Woo! Great to see. Amazing stuff. All right, top group scene films of 1988. Number one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Amazing. I definitely saw that oh. in the theater. Oh, right. yes. Number two, Coming to America. Also great. Number three, Good Morning Vietnam. Big with number four. Oh, such a good movie. Crocodile Dundee 2. This is a knife. <laughs> three Men and a Baby. Cocktail Moonstruck. Die Hard, which is, of course, classic. Now it's a, it's a classic Christmas movie. This yep. year it was played as much as... Yeah. Uh, it was played as much as a Christmas story. Um, Beetle, which... They released it in July, but you know who cares? They're just fine with it. Beetlejuice was number ten. Other noteworthy releases: uh, A Fish Called Wanda, Robin. Uh, Robin. Yeah, don't call me stupid. <laughs> Bull Durham, oh, another good. one, good one. And Hot Young Chacha. Guns, oh Young Guns, Blaze of Glory, right there. Oh, that run. video, like oh. MTV heavy oh, rotation. Oh, so good. Blue Diamond Phillips. Mm. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was 36 on the list, right below Ernest Saves Christmas, as a favor of the Crimes family. Wasn't oh, it? yeah. No, we've never seen Ernest. That was Colin. We, <laughs> I've never seen an Ernest movie. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, because Colin talked it up and I just didn't trust him. 
Uh, I would say Good Morning Vietnam. So I remember being in third grade and we thought that the tagline or the thing they say in the movie, Good Morning Vietnam. Like we used to walk around third grade and just be like, Good Morning Vietnam. So. But they weren't that happy because it was the year of the drought. So, But, yeah. but they were just a little more restrained, exactly. you know, exactly. the 88 drought in Richmond. Uh, Oscars for that year. Rain Man was the best picture winner for the uh, 1988. Mm-hmm. Kevin Klein. Best All supporting right. actor, and we saw his Oscar last week and mm-hmm. in and out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can All I tell right. you something funny about Rain Man? What's that? <laughs> yeah. My mom took me to see it in the theater, and she said, "Oh, I want to take you to see your first R-rated movie. I know you've never seen an R-rated movie before." And I'm like, "Sure, we'll go with that." My <laughs> 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 <Hi>, mom. <laughs> I saw. I didn't see Cocktail until. Uh, 1999 and uh it's because i was in love with this girl who liked the movie cocktail <laughs> i was in college. she really liked the song kokomo it she took wanted, her back exactly she wanted to watch it I was like okay did that come out in 1988 too uh, yep mm-hmm. <laughs> number seven on the list tom uh whatever tom cruise oh, was it? oh yeah that's right that's mm-hmm. crazy all right what else happened toby in that, uh in lots the happened uh wonder years uh pilot <gasps> airs Oh, I know. So First ever shark. Um, the t- t- channel TNT launches with Gone uh, with the Wind. That's a little aged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing about these cable networks—they always are way different when they start. Like TNT, totally. you know, They're like here's our brand. We only show old movies. Just right. kidding. It's a Seinfeld rerun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Very Brady Christmas crushed it. Uh, they were the second highest rated television film of the year and it spawned a Brady sequel that went nowhere. And unfortunately I would have loved to see a few more seasons of the Brady's America's most wanted debuted for you. Uh, uh, you youngsters on the podcast won't even know what that is, but, uh, us old timers leaves a mark. Yeah. Solve some murders and shit. Is when America's most wanted started. (laughs) uh, started That's what I knew. All right. Speedy bedtime. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good morning, Miss Bliss. Which uh, <gasps> I know. Dave I center of Saved by the Bell. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that let, ran for one year, and then it became Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Um, oh. Mystery it's, Science uh, Theater. Holly Mills. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holly Mills. Roseanne debuts. Cops debuts. And then I just made a note of some awesome cartoons that made a debut that I remember. Uh, a pup named Scooby Doo. <laughs> Elf Tales. <laughs> Police Academy animated series and Garfield and Friends. I think Garfield's the only one that's awesome. I don't know if any of these other can um, really be Excuse awesome. me, Police Academy, the cartoon? How dare you? <laughs> I, know, I, know. I am a Police Academy aficionado, and I did not remember that they had a cartoon, so oh. shame on me. That's a big one. <laughs> All right, and Music Record of the Year, Graceland by Paul Simon. Album of the Year, Joshua Tree by U2. And yeah. Toby really uh, was focusing on a rather uh, on a remake of a song. Which one do you want to talk to us about? Well, I heard it through the grapevine. Uh, for anyone who was a kid during this time, we loved the California Raisins claymation. Like the claymation became, it was like a commercial for California Raisins, I think. And it became like this huge sensation for kids. They made oh, yeah. uh, a cartoon about it, uh, toys. Christmas special. Christmas special. So there was just this animated 
Uh, first it was claymation, then it was an animated show. But the song, I heard it through the grapevine because that's what the raisins sang in the commercial. <laughs> it, it actually had a resurgence and uh, went up to ninety four, peaked at ninety four on the Hot One Hundred chart. Other hot movies this year, or I mean songs. I mean other hot songs this year. Number one for the year, Faith by George Michael. Oh, R.I.P. Oh. Need You Tonight, another R.I.P. Mm. by yeah. NXS. I always loved NXS as my go-to, I don't know, like, what was I, guess the, I don't know it's really go-to anything. You know, we can, really say, R- we can say R.I.P. for Faith, but Limp Biscuit uh, brought it back. Uh, <laughs> and killed it. They brought it back to kill it. And that's not <laughs> wow. <fair. laughs> we slaughtered it. <laughs> that was 14-year-old Pat's jam right there. Uh, with the- oh. No idea. My understanding, this would be a limp biscuit free zone. Oh well, and as it happens, Fred Durst did make a cameo in a movie that we might do someday uh, called "Polly Shore Is Dead." I did not know that we might do it, but I guess (laughs) it's up for debate. It's in committee. (laughs) Horrible movie. Just horrible. Okay. um, Any other? uh, Let's see what anything else good. Guns and Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, Cheap Trick, so emotional. Uh, Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson was released. Oh, well, that's some good you ones. Got the right, you got it. The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block. Oh, coming mm. into the NKOTB era. Yeah. So uh, Chris Holian had a New Kids on the Block birthday party uh, in fifth grade. It was that great. guy was a pimp. No, it was a girl. <laughs> she, I don't think we were invited. Girl. No, she, it, <laughs> uh, she had a uh, a birthday cake, a New Kids on the Block birthday cake, and also a bit of trivia for you. That was where I had my first kiss at Chris Holian's birthday party. Oh, Toby! Wow, yeah. this podcast is hot. It now is. We can, yeah, we started with Robin's uh, story, <laughs> and now we're getting some fifth grade stories. Actually, that was my first French kiss because uh, our first open mouth kiss, maybe, but my first kiss was wow. actually Chris Holian. <laughs> this is getting really graphic. <laughs> I hope that I hope that Mrs. Crines is it. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Crines, I'm so sorry I, I if you're listening. Kissed, I got pecked on the cheek by Chris Holian on the 4-H bus coming back from uh, summer camp. That was my first kiss, and then I. I would have. My, who knew a year later at her birthday yeah. party? She was well, just like to, yeah, she was really telegraphing her intentions, wasn't she? <laughs> the way that Toby handled those uh, pigs at 4-H just was really magical. Deserved the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the 4-H. Oh, bus, and uh, and uh, so the the sad part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we already heard the sad part. <laughs> oh, no. It was all great. I was on cloud nine, but my two best friends. Uh, Brad and Anthony called Chris Holian's house. They were having a camp out with all the girls. Um, and they were like, Toby said he doesn't even like you or whatever. And and I <laughs> and I heard about that later and it was I was I'm still saddened by it. This poor crazy. young lady, where is she now? Uh Crystal Cal- Lake, Illinois. <laughs> so, okay. No, she actually made it out of town. Uh Darcy. You remember Darcy, Bob? Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's let's continue on. Sports. <laughs> sports is sports is a safe area, right? No one had a kiss or had no. any sort of group activities during sports. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. First official night game at Chicago's Wrigley Field. Uh, what else happened, Toby? Kurt Gibson hits the home run off Dennis Eckersley in Game One of the World Series. Um, oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, WCW wrestling becomes a thing when Ted Turner buys NWA wrestling. He was busy that year. He oh, yeah. he he played Gone with the Wind. And he bought mm-hmm. some wrestling. It was very yeah. southern year. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
uh, politics. Uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America is established. That's the biggest Lutheran thing. Um, Jesse Jackson, Michael Dukakis was a big political battle. Uh, I don't know if you all remember this, but uh, Jesse Back- Jackson, um, whom I love and marched with a number of times, uh, he ran for president as like kind of this outside upsetter. And he actually took a number of states on Super Tuesday that really threw the race open and, uh, you know, uh, the the white Democrats did not like that. It didn't matter because uh, Bush won <laughs> yeah. uh, election, uh, and but the Cold War ended. Uh, well, in, in ninety one, I think the Cold War ended. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cold, Cold War was happening. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, there there was also in politics the the uh, famous line in U.S. politics where uh, you know Dan Quayle is being a little bitch and. Um, he's saying he's Senator Kennedy or whatever. And, uh, he's like, I do, I'm, I'm as good as John F. Kennedy. And, uh, Lloyd Benson, who's the vice president candidate says, Senator, I knew Jack Kennedy. I served with Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. And it was like, Oh, burns. Like everyone. Loved yeah. it. But then they won 40 States. And, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this All right, country let's, is the yeah. worst. I know. Sonny right. Bono is elected mayor of Palm Springs on the bright side. Microsoft releases to, uh, Windows 2.1. I can't believe how bad that looks, but mm-hmm. it's crazy how far we've come. Yep. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, both born. Louis L'Amour dies. Do you guys yeah. ever read Louis L'Amour? I remember uh, reading My mom has read yeah. every Louis L'Amour novel. Uh, so I wanted to throw that in there as a shout out to my mom. And then Toby wanted to just generally gush about Steve Martin. Okay, so Steve Martin is uh, one of the best stand-up comics ever. Uh, yeah. He released his last album in 1979, but these albums that he... Uh, he had three albums that he released in the 70s, and they're all gold, like uh, gold in my heart. Um, however, he did peak at number two with Wild and Crazy Guy, which is his best record. Um, and then the other two, Let's Get Small, peaked at number 10. And, uh, you know, so he's selling millions of records of his stand-up stuff he was one of the uh maybe the original like uh stadium stand-up comic where he'd show up at a a packed stadium and just bring down the house i heart steve martin can we do parenthood sometime guys oh yeah that's a good one i also have some young keanu yes he's the racer that's right. Yeah. Oh. He's got like really great lines in there. Permission to speak freely, no holds barred. You need a license <laughs> to drive a car, catch a fish. Oh. Any asshole can be a father. Oh, he's oh, good. Right. Is that from that? Oh, man. Yeah. He's, it's got a river or uh, Joaquin Phoenix when he used oh. to be billed as Leaf Phoenix. Uh, oh, that's right. Wasn't it has it so like... many good people in it. That movie oh. is the shit. And then, oh, my favorite part is when. Um, the lights come on and he's holding that big vibrator or something like what's yeah, that that's a, ear, it's an ear cleaner <laughs> it's a, it sure is big yeah that's uh his sister is diane weist who's also like amazing mm-hmm. it's yeah. got mary steenburgen it's got everyone rick moranis that's come right, on rick, y'all yeah yeah rick was the little weenie um yep. dad or whatever right he had to mm-hmm. get a spine oh that that is a that's a good idea robin yes that is a great um, movie i did want to throw some uh steve martin stand-up lines out here uh i'll just read a couple of them here uh and i think most of these are from wild and crazy guy which is an amazing record um so uh boy those french they have a different word for everything um oh this is one of my favorites uh some people have a way with words and other people uh 
uh, not have way. <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's me a lot. I find, especially now that I'm in this podcasting realm, and I just have this thought that does not quite make its way through my mouth the way that the brain says for it to go, as I'm exemplifying right now. So it, yeah. I, I feel that. Oh, oh yeah, so you listen to it, and it's just nothing but ums and likes. Yeah, like, oh. right, right. At the time, you're just like, "Oh, I nailed it," but then you listen to it afterwards. Yeah, like, no, I didn't. So my brother used to uh, edit a national podcast, a uh, national radio show, and he said, like, even at that level, his job was basically to edit. He was the editor. He had edited out all the ums, basically. Quickly, another Steve Martin line. Sorry, were you going to say something, Robin? Oh. I was just going to say, there's got to be some sort of filter you can put into like Audacity or one of these editing programs. It's like an um and like remover. But. Yeah, I'm sure. Ooh, that's a million dollar idea. There you go. It's an app. Right. <laughs> yeah, built can we app. never top Pat again? <laughs> I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> uh, okay, so finally, uh, another line. Uh, this will be it for me for Steve Martin quotes. But uh, first, the doctor told me the good news. I was going to have a disease named after me. <laughs> <laughs> he's a genius i saw that you have king tut on here oh, and i just have to tell you my uh third grader is obsessed with egypt and doing like research projects on king tut and i was helping him with a school project about king tut and all i could do was sing king tut <laughs> got a condo made a stoner king tut. so yeah my son was like could dad help me please get out of here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and King uh, Tut peaked at number 17 on the, the U.S. charts. It's so good. I could not explain to anyone why it is so funny, but it is just so damn funny. All right. Speaking of funny, we watched a funny movie this week. <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Basic plot is con artist Lawrence Jameson, played by Michael Caine, is a longtime resident of a luxurious coastal resort where he enjoys the fruits of his deceptions. That is, until a competitor, Freddie Benson, played by Steve Martin, shows up. When the new guy's lowbrow tactics impinge on his own work, Jameson resolves to get rid of him. Confident of his own duplicitous talents, Jameson challenges Benson to a winner-takes-all competition. Whoever swindles their latest mark first can stay, while the other must leave town. Dun-dun-dun. All right, according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels on the tomato meter for the critics, it got 89%, 84% from the audience. The critics' consensus is a buoyant, clever update of the con man flick bedtime story with plenty of comedic jousting resulting from a winning chemistry between Michael Caine and Steve Martin. So let's kick it off with our general thoughts about the movie and if our opinions change during the rewatch. Let's start off with Robin. You just Ooh. saw it. 30 seconds ago. No, maybe like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. I just finished right before we started recording. Um, I liked it a lot. I didn't know what to expect. I was a little um, nervous after our in and out um, watching that it was going to be equally problematic, but I thought it was really funny. And spoiler alert, I love that the chick like pulls the wool over their eyes in the end. Is this the first time you saw it? It was. I'd oh, seen wow. clips. I think that scene with Steve Martin and the cork on his fork and the eye patch yeah. is kind of like iconic. And Ruprecht. Yeah, Ruprecht. And I knew that like, Oklahoma, 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 like that scene, which was killer. Um, but I'd never seen the whole thing put together and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's 
Michael Caine and Steve Martin are just so good with it. it. Like it just, it's just a kind of a masterclass in comedic acting. Totally. And, so, and Steve Martin's physical comedy is just a beautiful thing to behold. The way that he uses his body yeah. in some of those scenes is impressive. Don't worry, Robin. Not every movie I come up with is a trap that is vaguely either. <laughs> Hello, my name yeah. is Robin, and this movie was problematic. Well, yeah. and about Stephen Steve Martin's uh, uh, physical comedy, I read a, an article about his work on The Jerk, and he's and there's like he does all sorts of physical stuff in there. And what they said is like he would like work it, like he would like that wasn't improv. That was like hours of work figuring out each movement and like you know he'd show up just totally prepped and you know he's a pro okay toby so what what are your thoughts i love it i mean i mean it's i've watched it a bunch of times the first time was probably 18 years ago on vhs and i've since uh got it again on vhs after i got rid of that vhs (laughs) (laughs) i watched it another 20 times how about you pat uh yeah this is like straight up nostalgia for me i had um a uh, few of my first big kid VHSs, as I'll as I'll call them, were all I think Steve Martin related videos. With uh, the Jerk being one of them, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was another one, and uh, and oh. this one, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. For some reason, like I just I, I loved this movie when I was uh, I think I first discovered it when I was probably ten or eleven years old, and um, one of those things as well. Bought the VHS when that wore out, and DVD came uh, came about. Bought the DVD of it as well. Um, so yeah, like just when I saw that this was on your list to, uh, rewatch and recover, I was like, oh, I want an excuse to watch this again. Yes, please get me in on this. Cause I, uh, uh, everything about it, like you said, Steve Martin's physical comedy, watching it again, you just have this appreciation, like when he's struggling to find out what this, what the guy's name was in, uh, while he's in jail for the first time. I know somebody here. I met him on a train. His name is... His name is James. No, his name is James Josephson. Lord, no, no. James Lawrence. 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 Lawrence Fells. Lawrence Fangs. Forrest Lawrenceton. Lone. Lars. Lars. L- Lawrence. Lawrence Luck. Lawrence. <laughs> His name is James Jesterton. Lawrence Fell. Lawrence Jesterton. Lawrence Jesterton. Lawrence Jemison. Yes! 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 <sighs> We're like this! you're kind of you're feeling uncomfortable with him as he's trying to draw all of these names and it's so organic it's so real looking that it's just it's a thing of beauty the entire movie it's amazing uh even at the very end when you know obviously i know what happens um i'm still like laughing along with michael kane just be like ah she fucking got him again i love it so it's uh it fired me right up watching it yeah, they just went all the way till the end, like into the last second, and then they just, then they just snapped, and it was she did it. She was the pro. So yeah, we're four for four. This is a great movie, according to the hipsters. Hooray! We'll have to insert like a, a applause track. All right, next question: What is everyone's favorite scam of the movie? There's a ton of them. How about you, Pat? What's your favorite scam? 
uh initially young kid pat i was like oh the rupert one that was just like again with the physical <laughs> comedy it's like you've been banging on your pots again haven't you right <laughs> the bathroom like can i go to the bathroom Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Don't take the cork off the fork. <laughs> Why does he have a cork on the fork? Immediately stabs himself in the eye. <laughs> like I, I would, like that's my kind of go-to gut reaction. But after rewatching it, I think the one I got the most surprised laugh out of was when the sailors had abducted Steve Martin after that, like double switch that Michael Caine had initially been the captain turned him to, you know. Or told them to get Steve Martin instead, and when he's laughing along with the sailor, and he's like, hey, "This is a great guy." He's got a hand on the wall, and he's laughing. Yeah, you asked me that super glue solvent over there. I, for some reason, that just I maybe just didn't catch it enough when I was a kid. But uh, I, I had a good little wasn't so much a scam, but it was sort of a result of a scam that uh, I I really appreciate. How about you, Toby? Uh, I love I, I would love I love the idea of taking a bunch of rich tourists and. <laughs> selling them places in australia (laughs) to chips o'tool yes (laughs) (laughs) there's the perfect pause in there between when she like tosses him the ball and you're waiting to see if he's gonna hit it so nikos papadropoulos i'd like you to meet the favorite son of australia chips o'tool And your stomach kind of drops a little bit. Why aren't you going to say anything? And then he just flows right into his Aussie accent. Good day, Nikos. How's it going, sport? Good on you, Cobba. Chips Hotel. Hotels and oil from down under. <laughs> it's so perfectly timed. So oh, good. It is. It's great. Robin, what was your favorite scam? Um, I have to say I love that moment at the airport when they're standing there and they put two and two and two and two together <laughs> and realize that she just scammed them. Right. And I just love Michael Caine's reaction where he just starts laughing maniacally. Right. And all, all I kept thinking was game, recognize game. Like he yeah. was like, she is at the top of our craft and I dig it. All right. So Michael Caine absolutely loves this movie. And I've read a bunch of article uh, interviews with him. And he thinks it's one of his best. He definitely thinks it's his best comedy. What scene do you guys think is Michael Caine's favorite scene? Ooh. So this is kind of more of a trivia question. Dang. Is it the one where he's whipping? lashing? Yes. <laughs> yes. yeah. ah! This case intrigues me, Janet. I will take Officer Benson as a patient. Did you hear that, Freddie? <laughs> I'm renting a villa in this area. We will move him in, and I will really go to work on him. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Do you really think you can get him to walk again? Oh, I will have him running, jumping, shouting, screaming. Oh, my name isn't Dr. Emil Schaffhausen. It's a <laughs> Look, Doctor, he's so happy he's crying. Mm. Love I'm when so he gets the crying. running start. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Like, yes. yeah. <laughs> I always watch that. I'm like, I don't know that the running start would help me to hit it harder, but why not? <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's another question. So what happened to Freddie Benson in the beginning? He seemed very angry about women. Do you, what do you guys think? Right? Like, well, it was a different time. Yeah. 
was where, where, where they said like the weaker sex. Robin, were you? Is oh, that man. when you kind of you shifted a little bit? No, I definitely was like. Uh, I lo- was it Michael Caine who came in and said that we're the weaker sex. Who yes. said that? Yeah, yeah, that did it for me. That plus the accent, meow. <laughs> <laughs> You're just putty. That's in mustache Get out. Mm-hmm. And hair gel that I do. Mm. I have to tell you, in any given movie, I just rewatched Bring It On for a different project, mm. and um, anything that involves a training montage, I am in with oh, like. Yeah. So like all of the like you know uh, Michael Caine teaching him how to like slick his hair back with gel yeah. and how to hold a teacup and how to open champagne <laughs> and how to lean seductively against a pole and oh that whole montage was uh-huh. it. Robin, are you doing that that trivia night? Is that yeah, do you want to come? I haven't tomorrow watched night. it. You've never watched Bring It On? No, I have, but I haven't watched it in a while. Ooh, Bob! Yikes. You scared me there. No, no, I've watched it. Don't trust me. My wife okay. uh, mentions I, I how much I love Kristen Dunst. Not <laughs> altogether that favorably. Um, <laughs> like I don't know if I were like so. Uh, Robin, my wife works at Uchi. Do you know like the, the <gasps> yes, restaurant? yes. Go so on. So Kristen Dunst was there with Jesse uh, Plemons, or whatever, and yeah, she was yeah. a little upset about how excited. How got. yeah, I was just like, how is she? Does she look happy? Like, do I need to come there with the kids? Like, <laughs> I was like kidding, you know. Like, but she was like, I think we've talked about it before. She was one of, one of my favorite actresses growing up, and played. Uh, you know, we wrote songs about her that are actually we should never play ever out in public. Well, they're on YouTube. Twenty two thousand oh. views. <laughs> oh, no. Yikes! Is yeah. one of them called a restraining order? That sounds <laughs> <terrifying. Yeah. laughs> Twenty two thousand um. views. All right. Um, a couple fun facts. Uh, Pat, you're talking about that that scene in the jail cell where he's making up all those <laughs> names. So that was actually improvised by Steve Martin. And so uh, Frank Oz was basically crouched out of camera, and he tapped the uh, police inspector when he, on the foot to interrupt him when he felt he had gone as far as he could. So Steve Martin did it all off the top of his head. A lot of dirty, rotten scoundrels. I think uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin just improvised. They look and, like they're having a blast, those two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, and sure. I think Michael Caine said, like, you know, it was filmed all in France, on French Riviera. Mm-hmm. And he's talking how Michael Caine was, did an interview and said, um, you know, he was talking about how he was staying in this French villa. And he made some sort of, like, uh, funny comments like you know it's tough but someone has to do it you know <laughs> well it looks like dry british way yeah yeah and the, the scenes where i could see like the them just having a lot of fun it seemed like to me was when they're in the car and steve's like laying down in the back like, <laughs> 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 and they also yeah they left a couple of hints to the jackal of course there is uh the j for janet but they also so her name in the in the movie was Janet Colgate. So if you say J, if you take J A and then C O L, Jack Cole, Jack. Oh. Yep, yep. Hot wow. takes, hot trivia. Wow, hot podcast. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, yeah, we're on fire. Okay, Illuminati shit, rather. Right yeah, no kidding. Who's the MVP of the movie? Who's the MVP? Anybody want to name their first one? I say, Inspector Andre, what it would must be like to have the police in your pocket. That is what's oh up. That's how you know you made it. 
I was thinking Fanny Eubanks. <laughs> Fanny Eubanks is a killer name. <laughs> she, she was actually in the first one in the 1964 version as Fanny oh, wow. Eubanks. Much younger version. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, as far as well, my MVP, I think, would be, uh, that could be uh, our boy Emperor Palpatine, Ian McDermott, just mm. I know hanging out, earning 10% mm. of a really... Yeah. Was he the butler? Kind of, yeah. yeah, the butler in that. Yeah. yeah, which, okay, this is my other question. So did Jameson's payout make sense? So the butler, Emperor Palpatine, makes 10%. The police chief gets 15 but the police chief is doing a lot of stuff, and he might get fired. <laughs> Right, like if he gets questionable legality, yeah. The police chief's just like the muscle. He's like not a good negotiator because yeah, he could have totally, you know, racked up a good percentage of that. Yeah, yeah that's need... like a fifty-fifty gig, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. or at least twenty-five. But I don't know. I mean, what what would, what would your payout be, Pat? Uh, for for the police chief, you know, I when I saw you know when I thought about this question a little bit. And I think this is more like just a little side gig for him where he's just tipping off, giving some information. He's not really, because I think anything more than maybe the 15% that you can earn on something that affords a guy like in a giant villa, along with like fully staffed gardeners, what have you, more than about 15% of that could maybe raise some tax eyebrows. I don't know. Perhaps could be a case of like the more money you get more money more problems i think someone quoted uh at one point shakespeare uh, bill shakespeare <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. biggie shakespeare i think it said that yeah yo mtv yeah. raps started in 1988 <laughs> yeah. so we found out about this yeah. yeah so uh so i think this is just a nice little he's like no i don't want to get too deep or too involved he's not really he kind of he's he's more just like the little birdie on the shoulder, just kind of giving some little chirps and saying, you know, this this lady's been, you know, she's coming into town. Like this is more like a private investigator, but he happens to also be the police chief, so he wears that hat, and then this is like another hat that he wears. But that's just me pulling that out of my what now. He's just doing it for the love of the game. He just you know, it's, it's like it's a, just an honor being with you, Mister Jameson, Lord Jameson. All right, so here's the next question. So how do you guys think? Jameson and Benson, how did they get conned? What do you think? They're blinded they look- by competition and male ego. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking actually about this quite a bit. It's like if you remember uh Michael Caine's speech about how he got into the whole business, and I realized that with Michael Caine's character, one of the biggest mistakes that he made was that he forgot that he was really uh Larry Jameson, uh shitty artist turned gigolo. And he actually thought that he was Lawrence Jameson. Certainly, you know, he he's like, I am actually above all of this. And and so he let down his guard because how could just some young American uh, woman be able to get over on him that easily because he's Lord Jameson. And so it's it's like that one saying, I think what um, I don't know, like maybe the Bible said or something right to to thine <laughs> self be true. Right. If you're if you're a con- uh, one Clowns of the religious, yeah. Yeah. yeah, either it's no either one of them to thine own self be true. <laughs> yeah, something like that, right? Like so you gotta remember your, if you're a con man, if you're a con man. And so Steve Martin thought with his pants or something. Yeah, and I think you're right. The male ego. Like, how could you do that? Like, and then at the end, I think Michael Caine, you're completely right, was like smitten with actually, here's an interesting tidbit is that the original script was written that uh jameson at the end realizes he's in on it from the beginning he kind of realizes she's the 
con man and actually falls in love with her. But he falls in love with her because she's such a good con woman and he respects the game so much. That kind of got thrown out. And so, and you know, they kind of edited it out because I guess you don't really, it's a lot better this way. But I think at the end, you could definitely see whether he is feeling sort of love for her or some sort of like deep respect. Steve Martin's character, who knows? He's like, he's definitely more trying to get he's his next sandwich. kind of like a dumb American. That was right. an interesting distinction. Yeah, who do you guys do? You guys think you would uh, uh, fall for either Steve Martin or Michael Caine's character? What do you think? Why choose? <laughs> Get them both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that was a bad question. Okay. No. I, well, I I'll pipe in on that. I think yeah. that I I don't know if she would choose either. I think she feels like she might think that she's already beaten them. She's got the upper hand on them. There might be kind of like they need to earn some respect back. Perhaps there needs to be like a dirty rotten scoundrels too to see where you know, where, where the next con lends them, where they, uh, how they really step up their game, which one can really kind of, uh, and again, that's again, competing male egos, <laughs> number two right there, essentially. Um, but uh, I, I don't think she would really choose either. I think she's like, these no. guys are my boys. And um, Michael Caine's look at the end, like how proud he is. It's almost like a proud parent where he's just like, <laughs> yes, this is amazing. This is like, uh, that's the kind of sense that I got more than like a, a lust, but who knows? Typical British, uh, whatever. What, what do you call that when you lord it over people like, uh, high proudness or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They're just looking down. Like that's how the Britons are the entire time. That's why we kicked them out, Pat. That's why we're <laughs> out. Get out. And we're Come just wander. walking back in apparently with this Harry and Megan stuff, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, you guys take a turn for a while. They can come here. They can come on this pod anytime. Harry and Megan, <laughs> come in. We'll talk about some movies. I'll just open up my great. door and yell down the street, and they'll uh, yeah, they'll hear me. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, now let's think about: Are there any lessons that we learned from watching this movie? Let's see. If you're on a train in the French Riviera, and some guy sits down and starts ordering water, do you mean like? Do you immediately go like, uh oh, this guy's about to scam me? Well, I thought about that a lot. That, like, if you are a person, a man or a woman with a shit ton of money, your entire life must be worried about being scammed, right? Like, is this person wanting to be my friend because they want to be my friend or because they're trying to scam me out of my money, right? Like, I don't know. I remember hearing a radio piece about that, that um, the super wealthy um, sometimes prefer to have um, transactional relationships where they can pay you to be their masseuse or their butler or their whatever. Cause at least they know like what the scam is or what, you know, not that it's a scam, but like they know what the deal is, right? Like you're going to give me X and I'm going to give you Y versus like trying to make a real friend. So anyway, not to take this to a dark place, <laughs> no, but I no, just no. think that that's why I'm not super wealthy yeah. just to prevent that. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just into the emotional part of the relationships. Exactly. Yeah. I, I get it. Like, Oh, that's what happens with, to a lot of professional athletes because they have a lot of people from the, from the neighborhood or their family that all of a sudden start popping up and they're just like, Hey, let's start a car wash. Let's blah, 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 blah. And pretty soon they're broke. So yeah. I mean, I saw that ESPN special. Mm. Yep, broke. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I agree, Robin. My biggest 
uh, goal with this podcast is get to the point that all my relationships are transactional. <laughs> I'm able to finally shed all of these uh, emotional relationships and ties I when have. When you hit the big time, I'm coming to you with my hand out. Give me some money. For purposes, right. I, I should say, even us, uh, you know, poor people are susceptible. I remember I was taking this as a kid out that I thought I was mentoring. And then like, you know, five coffees in, he's like, so, um, you know, do you appreciate this advice I've been giving you? And would you be willing to pay me for it? I'm like, oh, this is did not. This took a weird what? turn that I did not expect. <laughs> he thought yeah, you were mentoring you them. <laughs> I'm an idiot. What could I say? Yeah, <laughs> teacher for using your humanity. Exactly. Yeah, I love how like a mentoring gig turned into like you hired a consultant. <laughs> I <and> know. Like... <laughs> Apparently, well, he was mentoring me. It turns out I had no idea. <laughs> the long con. Yeah. Who rescued well, who? Am I right? Right. Okay. Now is to the most important part. We've watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. We've discussed the scams and the strategy. It's time to. Come up with our con names and personas. I, I introduced you to Doctor Basil Featherbottom before. I also have, I also have another one which I was thinking about as well. Um, and my, you know, my name is uh, uh, Jimmy Thunberg, and I am the father of Greta Thunberg, the climate uh, activist, and I am, and I am stuck in Beaumont Sumer because I cannot afford a climate like a like a carbon neutral way to uh, travel back to Sweden. And so I really need about $10,000 to take a special balloon that goes from Marseille to Stockholm. And won't you please <laughs> help me out? I'm buying. Wow. Your Venmo. I want to send you money right now. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Who's first? Who wants to go first? Toby. Oh, Pat, go ahead. Well, now this is just off the cuff. I've just thought about it since... You posed the question earlier on. Now, I don't necessarily have as, as an elaborate backstory, but I think I do have like a title, like yeah. kind of like the jackal kind of thing, and maybe no. like a little, a little reason why. Now, I thought about what's one of the biggest thieves of us all later on in life. You know, something that steals money from you and like and and, and time from you. So, I think my title would be the children, <laughs> because. A, the biggest thieves of us all, they take how much of your money, take how much of your time, they, uh, so, and then, as a double whammy, you, you, the victim, would sound like a bit of a, you know, when you're explaining this to the police, so, do you have any ideas who robbed you? It was the children. It was the, so they kind of, you then have to explain, and it's kind of like a double whammy as to, you get embarrassed by getting robbed by children, it's like, no, and then they have to explain it for further embarrassment of get it no i found this card it's from someone called the children that is interesting do you you actually portray their child <laughs> like you like you go in for 10 years it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> mother yeah not like not yeah mother. not mother. yeah like you don't go to college you know you just keep on taking their money like i like it though patrick there's a lot of stuff like oh and also if you're the children they might think you're many people but you're actually mm-hmm. only one because you're exactly. a master of disguise mm-hmm. exactly. and look a lot younger than you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes. yes. He looks uh, like Emmanuel. Uh, right, Robin. <laughs> Benjamin Butler. Yeah. Robin, what'd you got for us? All right. These are 
always my uh, two alternate um, personas, and that is Hootie McBoob and Chesty LaRue, mm-hmm. um, with apologies to The <laughs> Simpsons. Um, those are my all-time favorite um, AKAs, and um, I usually um, employ them for high-stakes cons, like um, getting baristas to give me free coffee at Starbucks, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's about that's about as high stakes as it gets. Uh-huh. Here. But if you has that me, worked? If you say like, "Oh, I'm Hootie McBoob," they're just like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Here you Here's go. Here's a free vanilla flavor. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not here to give away all my <laughs> secrets, but just know that Chessie Larue has never been turned down for uh, coffee. Well, yeah. and I guess they're not uh, angry if you don't leave a mm. tip. They're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, Chessie doesn't leave tips." Well. <laughs> All right, Toby, how about yours? Um, my mind went to Max Power and Trent Steele, but that's... Uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking like like Harry Finkelstein. I'm a uh, an out-of-work filmmaker who's who's got a winning script if he can only get it in front of the right people. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because that's something where you just need more funding, <laughs> right? I just... Yeah. And you just ha- yeah. And you can just make it keep going because you have like a meeting, you have a call, you yeah, have, have like, yeah, like I have uh, this mm. actress named uh, Chesty mm. LaRue like uh, lined up. She's at Starbucks mm. right now, you know, <laughs> like we just need to, we're yep. almost there. Yep. I like it. I like it. All right. Any other uh, last thoughts or questions that anybody wanted to bring up before we call it a night? Rubric forever. That's all I got to say on that. Oh, man. I suck. I actually ended this prematurely. So let's. So we're doing Frank Oz month this month. Let's rate this movie compared to other Frank Oz movies this month. Or just in general, Frank Oz movies. So this month we are doing uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. We did In and Out. We did Bowfinger. We're going to do Bowfinger. Um, And then, shoot, what about Bob? What do you guys think? Is Another this, possibilities could be like Muppets this? Take Manhattan. Um, yeah, even Star Wars. Up little Shop of Horrors. Oh, Little, little Shop of Horrors. I was going to say Star Wars. You know, he's Yoda. You know. Yeah. Where is this and Frank Oz's filmography? What do you think? I think it kind of turned it into a little bit of a cult classic. I think I, uh, well, actually, I know I was not aware that it was that far down on 1988s. I mean, 1988 obviously had some good movies, um, but I did know I did not know it was kind of what 37 on 36. that list for 30, 36 so it's uh i think i'm very surprised at that i would have thought it would have you know ended up higher based on well that again that's my own subjective enjoyment of the uh of this film experience but uh i haven't seen many of the other ones shamefully so i'll rewatch them before your your episodes come out there bob and toby i uh, uh i promise but um i have made a um tradition out of watching Muppet Christmas mm. Carol every single Christmas morning. My brother and I, since we were kids, that's what we'd watch. And then once, you know, I got old enough to realize, well, Frank Oz actually directed that. That's we kind do, of amazing. We so that too. Easy, easy, easy. I love it. Yeah. That's such a good movie. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Frank Oz uh definitely kind of creeps up to you uh, creeps up on you in terms of you don't really realize how how good of a director he's been until you start going through his filmography. You're like, he like, he did that and that. And so it's pretty crazy. You know, some, yeah, some comedic, uh, directors are, you know, Ivan Reitman and all that. Like they definitely have the name power. Frank Oz is out there, but he's kind of under the radar, 
but every all of his movies are very well cast and i think that's i think that really says a lot about him as a director being able to get those people in so all right we come to the end of the episode thank you so much for coming on everybody thank you pat please uh yep please look up pat's uh podcast what was the name of it again roommating habits roommating habits Sounds like you definitely need to want to tune in for Robin's uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna have to talk off air about uh, setting up a good time slot for you there, and because uh, I uh, I think our listeners would love to hear about it. All 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 two or three of them. <laughs> Rated NC seventeen for mature content. I'll be yeah. there. Deal, Ro- Robin. Once again, thank you so much for being on. Hey, thanks uh, for having me, guys. And Toby. Till next week. Next week is what about Bob? which is a movie that I think about often because people always say that line to me. So thank you so much for coming on and thank you everyone for listening. The Aging Hipster Rewatch is produced by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines, edited by Bob Serrano. Theme song was written by Ryan Reed. Join our Facebook page. Keep on top of all the Aging Hipster news and new shirt designs. I might be setting up a Aging Hipster Instagram account so I yeah, you better look out. Better look out. I'm uh I'm coming for yeah, I'm coming to take over the world. So thank you and have a great evening.